Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world's religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Creta, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our pleasure to welcome you with us. And as I uh, many times mentioned that I would love to have you part of this program. And you can be part of the program by sending a text message to us during this um, hour. And the number where you can send that message is 488 on this number, we'll give the offer which we have prepared for uh, today also. This is the number which you need to have it safe and saved. Uh, therefore, for this reason, you can be part with us and talk to us. Send us a message with your thoughts, with a question or a comment, if you like. But I'm delighted to welcome with us today our co-host, which is Helen Gray. Helen, good to have you back with us in the studio. Thank you, Nick. It is an absolute delight to be here. Now, would you like to give just um, uh, a little bit of um, information why you are not with us for uh, for a number of weeks? Oh, yes. Um, I got very sick. Actually, I was very blessed, Nick. I fell, and I thank the Lord that I fell. Not that he pushed me, <laughs> but in falling, I ended up in the hospital. They did lots of x-rays, and mm. they found I hadn't broken anything. I just had hurt the um, the tissues in my back, mm. but they did find an, abnorm- an abnormality in the brain, and I said, well, you found a brain. That was great, mm. and um, they found that I have an aneurysm, and it is hereditary, and um, they also found I had a, a 100% um, blocked carotid artery, which they think I had from birth. Right. But it was just amazing. I, I kind of had um, quite a lot of time off um, dealing with massive headaches and nausea, um, and I had no energy and hallucinating, and it was pretty bad. Mm. But I do want to quickly share, Nick, if I may. I was anointed, and um, I'm just... I'm just elated. I'm praising God. I don't know what's going on in my head, but I do know that I haven't got the headaches anymore. I'm not nauseous. I'm not hallucinating. Are we really here? Maybe uh, I am hallucinating. No, no you're, <laughs> and, you're, you're looking so good, Helen, you know, and uh, thank is, God for that. God is just awesome. You know, um, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer, and I'm really appreciating every day. And it's so good to be sitting here with you tonight. And I I'll, have missed it. And uh, I would like to thank all of those people who prayed for oh, you Helen absolutely many 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 people yeah we know that uh, we, works. we uplift you in in prayers yeah. uh, to heaven and uh, praise God yes. for the results you know I know absolutely. you shared with me that uh, you're looking um, forward to for some more examination to see what's yes. going on there and we're still encouraging you to take it easy because you are a, a lady full on you know and uh, <laughs> uh, saying that uh, Helen is a um, lay uh, minister working with the community in uh, Birdwood area with Birdwood mm-hmm. Church also Seventh-day Adventist Church in, in Birdwood and uh, involved in many Bible studies and uh, she loves 
people. Helen I loves do. people I and uh, she but likes to be involved in the community. Predominantly, I love the Lord and I love sharing Him with people. So I haven't been able to do as much as that lately, but I'm back on the preaching circuit. Uh, I was at Prospedic uh, last week and Wisto this coming week. Um, and I'm really looking forward to sort of getting back into the saddle. <laughs> and if you like to yes. catch up with Helen, then yeah, here, living here in Adelaide, uh, just watch that space and uh, follow with Helen maybe to see her when uh, she's in Wisto or maybe other other churches. But it's good, it's good to have you back Thank with you us, so much, uh, Helen. Nick. And today it's a very special um, uh, time also. We are uh, starting kind of this uh, uh, series for the whole week. Uh, we are going to talk uh, again about God, Bible, and a very human church. Yes. When we talk about church, you know, we have all sorts of, um, you know, people have, have all sorts of imagination, thinking of whatever, maybe a great, grandiose building or uh, who knows what. But when we look in the Bible, church is us, you know, Absolutely. all of us mm. people who are uh, um, sharing about God and uh, who want to know God more. We are church. And this church is a human, uh, uh, still, still on this earth, unfortunately, full of sin and um, yes. temptations. We, we are um, exposed to to all sorts of challenges. And we are going to look into um, quite few interested interesting uh, questions uh, mm -hmm. for the whole week, Helen. Um, let me just um, throw a few of them uh, to our uh, public, there, to our listeners, just to to make sure that you will come back with us and, and tune in with Faith FM uh, on Drive Time, because uh, today we are going to deal about uh, with uh, how do I deal with the cliques in the church. Now, we may expand a little bit on that, what that means. And uh, the next day, we are going to look at uh, how do I deal with the immorali immorality in the church? Or is conflict in the church real? Can a church misuse its gifts? And then we conclude in kind of with why does love need to be defined? I'd just like to come over the top there a moment, Nick. Um, there are a lot of people that believe the church should be perfect. Mm. And that would be great, except I wouldn't fit in because I'm not perfect. And I think we're, we're dealing with issues through the week to show people that it's not because we are hypocrites. It's mm. because we are human and sometimes we allow these things to come into the church. And we will be referring to the church back in Corinth yes, because it's been right down through the ages. The Absolutely. And... Uh, uh, Helen, while you just mentioned that uh, to deal with the church in um, in Corinth, mm -hmm. because we are looking at a couple of chapters, and uh, during the week we are uh, staying still in in uh, the book of Corinthians, um, particularly in First Corinthians. But uh, today in the First Corinthians chapter one, verses ten to seventeen, um, shall we just start uh, with that reading yes. this section? Right. Let me just read uh, this from. Um, uh, now, my uh, um, version is uh, New Living Translation. I may read for this now. And it says this. The subtitle on this is Division in Church. Called Division in Church. I mean, that was during uh, the Apostolic Church. In Jesus' time, mm -hmm. in our time, mm -hmm. and maybe since the, you know, the sin was uh, found uh, in us, you know, uh, on this earth. And Apostle Paul says this, starting from verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, 
by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other, let there be no division in the church. Rather be one of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Cole's household have told me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Peter. Others saying, I'm a follower of Apollos, or I'm a follower of Peter, or I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Has Christ been divided into frictions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of uh, you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God, says Paul. Uh, I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, for, for no one can say they were baptized in my name. Oh yes, Paul remembers, I also baptized the household of uh, Stephanus. But I don't remember baptizing anyone else. And verse 17, For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Helen, a very condensed uh, section here mm. in, in the Bible, and Paul is talking very openly to one of the churches who he established. Yes, he did. And he now hears from um, some things going on in that yes. church, and he's yes. quite bold to tell the people uh, not to follow into this temptation mm. of having clicks as we we asking today in uh, in our question uh, how do i deal with clicks in the church I- i'm just wondering uh, helen would you be able to kind of explain a bit or share okay. with us w- what do you understand what is a click okay before we do that though um nick i'd like you to read 1 corinthians 3 1 to 4 as well because this ties in with what paul was saying here all right just a, a chapter over, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, and this is again chapter 2, verse 1, When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belong to this world, or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food because you are not ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by the sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? And do you want me to read verse 4 also? please. When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another say, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? See, that ties in with what you said 
in in that first reading. And, um, you know, I was looking up about the church in Corinth because this is what we're talking about. And Paul actually founded the church in Corinth on his second missionary journey. Mm-hmm. And 18 months after he left, which wasn't long, arguments and divisions arose and some church members slipped back into an immoral lifestyle. And then Paul wrote this letter to address the problems, to clear up confusion about right and wrong, and so that they would remove the immorality from among them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Corinthians people, Nick, they had a reputation from jumping fad to fad. Mm. And right now I'm thinking even of the modern day churches is coming to me. Like a frustrated coach watching his team bicker on the court, Paul called for time out. He saw the danger of divisions and arguments and the Corinthian believers' lack of unity was really, really obvious. They may have been playing in the same uniform, but they were doing as much as the opposition to bring about their own defeat. Right. They were on the field, but they were actually out of the game. And, you know, when we read these things which you have just read to us, we could be talking to our churches today. You know, it's the same today as it was back then. Mm. But you've asked a question, what is a clique? It's an interesting word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I did look it up, and there, most of them agree that a clique is considered to be a small group of people with shared interests or other features in common who spend time together and do not readily allow others to join them. I think there's, there's the danger. Mm. Because at first hand, when you said that, you may think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. So some mm. people to come together, share the same... Yeah. Birds uh, of a feather flock yes. together. Uh, mm. But interesting that even in my language, there is uh, this word, uh, click. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this, we say clicker, you know, mm-hmm. which means it's something which is boiling. You know, it's it's just... Uh, simmering, boil- simmering. Yeah, for, yes. a, for a certain reason, you know. Or <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> thought, yeah. And, you know, sometimes we've heard this term when we talk about the inner circle or the in crowd or the cool kids or the popular, you know, table, etc. You know, I grew up... Nick, um, all through school being considered different and was not not leading me to fit in mm. to groups, especially when I first came to Australia. For those that don't know, I was born in Scotland and mm-hmm. I'm a wee Scots lassie. <laughs> you don't have that, that beautiful accent, uh, Helen. No, I worked on it <laughs> because I was different. I spoke different. And I used to go home every night crying and saying, I'm going to practice. I'm going to become an Aussie. And I practice saying, G'day, mate. Mm. Boy, I've got that down pat. <laughs> but you know, at the time, I wasn't sure why I was different from others. And I couldn't see it. And I used to think, is it how I look? Is it how I talk? Is it because of my name or my family? And by the way, my family name was mm. actually Waddle. Right. What that means? Yeah, well, you think about the word Waddle. And I was a kid at school. And the, the headmaster, before we got to the school, he said, change the pronunciation to Waddell. All right. Because you can imagine, you know, a bit of bullying there. And then I thought, was I too studious? Did I live on the wrong side of town? And when I dealt with it as a young woman, it felt like the worst feeling in the world. All right. I always felt different, like I didn't fit. I wasn't one of the popular ones, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was a very shy kid. But you know, hard when, to believe that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still shy, Nick. I'm still shy. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. the difference now, Nick, though, is I was I was um, 
I was hurting and I was mm. centering on self. Since I've known the Lord, it's God-centered in my life. And, and by the way, how old were you when you came to Australia? I was almost nine. Nine years old. Okay. Almost Even nine. though young, yeah. but it's a big move. Oh, it's a, it's huge. a very huge. And I heard about from people that that sort of change, it can impact. Yes. Uh, your life mm. in certain aspects for the rest of your mm. life, actually, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, absolutely. Mm. You know, I was bullied. Mm. So were my brothers because of the way we spoke. And even the teacher would use us as an example. You know, she'd put a, 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 a sentence on the board and she'd walk in and said, stand up, Helen, and say it. Mm. And I was really shy. And I'd have to say things like, the senile fell in the peel. And she'd say to the class, that's how you should speak. That is good Queen's English. Can you imagine the rubbishing out in the schoolyard? Mm. It was absolutely horror. And we have uh, those sorts of cliques, as you said, yes. in school, in, the, you yes. know, in all sorts of circles. Yes. But let me ask you this question, Helen. Do we have cliques in the churches? Oh, wouldn't I just love to say no? <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter what label dons our church. It doesn't matter mm. what denomination. But one thing that all churches agree on is this. The church is actually meant to be a place where outsiders become insiders. Mm. But too often, otherwise well-meaning believers stifle others from becoming healthy, contributing, loving members of the body of Christ simply by being unaware that they have actually formed cliques. You know, it's good for church members to be close, but a closed church can become a closed church, and that really is a problem. Absolutely, and that's not... uh uh, what we are uh, looking no. for, you know, particularly uh, for this uh, series of talks for the whole week, we want to to see where God wants us to be, absolutely, and where we are in reality, mm-hmm. because we need to identify the reality yes. where we are. We cannot hide our head in the sand and mm. just pretend that everything is uh, okay. Yes. Um, what can we do uh, about the? The reality, the reality, yeah. Or what we may see in the church. I'd like to share some points, and whether we have time to get through them all will remain to be seen. But one one illustration sort of comes to my mind. But the first thing I'd say: be aware of non-verbal cues that separate insiders from outsiders. I'd been in a position where I've walked into a meeting and been quite embarrassed, nowhere to sit, nobody says hello, and I wanted to walk out. You know, you feel a complete total misfit. And, you know, a friend was very nervous with excitement. She signed up to the church women's retreat and she was alone. And it wasn't easy for her to do that. But she reasoned that spending a weekend with other Christian women would allow her to meet badly needed friends that she needed and to integrate more quickly into the life of her new church. And so she stepped out. But her confidence was short-lived, Nick. Sadly, Mm. after Friday night dinner, she walked alone to the auditorium as the women strolled with friends, happy chatter, Mm. a reminder that she was actually an outsider. And she thought, well, at least I'll get a good seat. And when she was trying to stay positive in an uncomfortable situation, she walked toward the front and she was actually shocked to see that every seat was taken, saved by the Bibles, I might add, that Mm. the women had put on their, their seats before dinner and to her she moved further back and and she found the same thing and the only seat open was a corner one in the very last row and every bible on every chair she said seemed to scream to her you aren't welcome here we already have friends and you aren't one of them 
There is no seats for you. And, of course, that was not the intent, Nick. But she had a, in her memory, she never forgot that. Mm. So she really felt outside. We need to be aware when we have people in our churches, whether they are members of our churches or not, because sometimes we actually isolate even our own members. Yeah, because we, we feel comfortable. You know, we establish probably those, um, uh, I will call them even group of influence mm-hmm. and you find yourself there okay maybe I belong to this or to that or to the other one and but when you have a stranger walking into mm-hmm. among you you know into your meet meets there they may not identify so easily mm-hmm. so quickly where they need to to be or to belong mm-hmm. and that's why the danger of cliques that's absolutely or, true. or the groups absolutely influential true. groups in the church yes. not just from that uh, perspective, but also for many, many other reasons how uh, when you start to have uh, groups of influence, you can take a wrong direction. You know, you mm-hmm. can uh, lobby for this or for that. Mm-hmm. Instead, and we're going to talk about some yeah, of Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit yes. to change us all from inside yes. out and to unite us all for the same purpose yes. and mission which God called us Absolutely, to be. Yes. And Absolutely. I think this is the, the problem when we are going to look for the whole this this week we are going to to look into this to see what is the purpose of each one of us uh, on this planet Earth uh, right we now? We need to recognize that every person that we meet is a child of God, mm. whether they're in a church or not, whether they follow God or not. They are his children. Absolutely. And I, I'm horrified sometimes I go in and there's a person sitting at lunch on their own. Yeah. I remember not in a church setting, but I do remember in a teaching session section we, we had a social one night and there were two people that sat on their own and I walked in and I was horrified. This was a secular group mm. and I walked in and the reason those two people it's more accepted today than when I was teaching, but one was uh, homosexual and the other one was a lesbian. Mm. And everybody else ostracized them. And I walked in, and of course, you know me well enough, Mm. Nick. I walked in, and I sat down right between them. I said, hi, great you're here. Mm. And somebody had the audacity to come up and said, why are you sitting with these people? Mm. They'll think that you're the same. I said, that's immaterial to me. You know, that's what they, uh, that's what people think of Jesus when yes. Jesus was mingling and eating with yes. uh, with the sin yeah. uh, sinful people uh, but you know Helen we even like before Jesus. we we saying uh, something else yeah. I, I really like to encourage our uh, listener uh, today mm-hmm. to share with us you may come across with something like this you may be in yourself in a position like like this how did you felt or what's your mm-hmm. um, view of this or even your advice if you like don't hesitate Please don't hesitate to uh, send a text message to us right now uh, as you listen to this program. And I'm giving you the number again in case if you miss it out. Um, our number is 0488-880-811. You can send only a text message to this number. You cannot call us. Uh, but uh, we are, will be very happy and delighted to take some messages from you. Yeah, let us remember that people aren't always aware they're in a clique. 
Mm. And it's not their intention to na- to absolutely, you know, disregard someone else. It happens, Nick. It happens. And we're going to discuss why in okay. just a moment. But I have a, a second point here. First of all, be aware of nonverbal cues that separate insiders from outsiders. And model. The teachers, the leaders need to model inclusiveness from the top. You know, this friend I was telling you about, the one who ended up sitting in the back corner, she later became a woman's ministry director of a large thriving church. Mm. And because she experienced firsthand how isolating the church can be, even unintentionally, she made it her goal to model inclusivity. She not only talked about being welcoming, but she also modeled it, making sure that every person, whether on the leadership team or on the fringe, they felt equally valued and included. And she prayed for those things too. And, you know, guess what? God actually honored her heart and her prayers. In all the years she served as a woman's director, the single most common observation newcomers made was the women here are so loving and welcoming and no wonder a click-free church starts from the top. Oh, beautiful. That's wonderful. It was hard what she went through, but God used it Mm. and used her in a most amazing way. Have we got time for another one? Absolutely. Let's Let's go for another one and we may take a break after that. Okay. So number three, encourage other-centered thinking and acting. Most churches have greeters and many even sit inside a minute or two during the worship service to greet those seated close by. And while those things are good, they're just the start. It does no good if greeters aren't truly warm and friendly or the welcome the welcome time leaves newcomers left standing alone. Mm. You know, be aware of these things. You know, the key to making these things work is other-centered. Other-centered churches are made up of other-centered people. And the key is that other-centered people actively look for others to include. And being other-centered, that's a bit of a tongue twister after a while, is not a function of your personality. It's the fruit of your heart. And I'd like to bring Jesus in here, Nick, because Jesus was the ultimate other-centered Person. Absolutely. He initiated conversation with the woman at the well. He saw Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree. He invited him to come down and talk. He called Matthew to follow him while Matthew was sitting at the tax booth. And even though Jesus had an inner circle of 12 disciples, their closeness never isolated people from Christ. Mm. Instead, their closeness to Christ served to bring others to. Wonderful. That's mm. that's exactly what we need to learn and yes. to, like to encourage Jesus. each one of us to be mm. like Jesus. And by the way, we, we, we're talking about a break now, and it's very appropriate as we're talking right now about Jesus to share this beautiful song, I Want to Be like Jesus. Please stay with us um, and after the song we'll be back and uh, we'll also give you that offer. uh, Have the number ready to send us some messages. And while I'm uh, trying to play the song again, I'll give you the number again in case if you miss it out. uh, 048880811. Here is the song by Emmanuel Quartet. There was a man, they called him Jesus, walked the shores of Galilee, healed the sick and calmed the waters, made the blind eye to see, raised the dead and cleansed the leper, had the power to set men free, but best of all, he went to Calvary, bled and died. 
to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus, I want to be, I want to be just, like my Lord. just like my Lord, I want to help, help my neighbor, my fellow man, or him later, I want to spread, I want my life, to spread his word, I want to sing, I want to sing, I want to shout, to heal the world, I want to tell, I want to tell the world about his love, I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus, I want to be, I want to be, just like my Lord, I wish that I could have been with him when he stepped out on the sea and heard him say to Simon Peter, come my son and follow me, well soon the dawn will break around us and his face we shall behold a what a time we'll have together. song and uh, by the way I'm a bit jealous that I cannot sing like that but uh, this group actually is a Romanian oh, uh, formation you know? and the, group, the bass I enjoy oh. them yeah. uh, and by the way if you miss uh, this song uh, don't hesitate to go back on faithfm.com.au and listen to the program or most important that of all things Download Fate FM Australia app on your phone or your tablet, and then you can uh, listen back to our wasn't programs. It, wasn't that a good theme, though? I want to be just like my Jesus. Mm, mm. Oh, I got so excited listening amen, to that. Amen, amen <laughs> for that. But um, yeah, it's uh, uh, welcome back, all of you. <laughs> it's very good to have you with us on Drive Time Big Q and A uh, today. And this is Nick Rita and Helen Gray. It's our uh, co-host uh, today, uh, talking about how do I deal with clicks in the church. But before we're moving on, Helen, uh, we said before the break that we have prepared a beautiful book to to give uh, to our listeners. Uh, what's the book and what's about the book? Oh, Nick, it's a fantastic book. It's called Life Without Limits. And I've got my head, I put a little bracket and I said, bring a bigger basket. Mm-hmm. Because to me, we, we have limits in our life. Some of them is just self-imposed from our own heads. But you know, this book, 
book is so enlightening. It takes on some of life's big questions. You know, it offers answers on how change can come in, how we can view life differently. You know, and I'm feeling that now because, as I said, I look at the sky and it's bluer and the, the trees are greener and, like, the world's expanded. Mm. And and this book is exactly what it will do for people. And I think the, the important thing when, when I was having a look here was that he brings out that we were created by God. And because of that, we have a purpose for, for living, a meaning for life. Mm. We have a, a hope. And to me, that's one of the best things about this book. You know, it reveals the promise, the hope that the creator of the universe offers, not just to me and you, Nick, but to every human being, the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book. This, um, the writer, Clifford Gold, Goldstein, very interesting. His own testimony is extremely interesting. Have you heard his testimony? Yes, and he has a, oh. a program with us on Faith FM. Yes, uh, he does. Uh, yes. Many of you maybe listen uh, to his uh, program. And by the way, mentioning this, uh, Dr. Ben, if you listen to this, make sure that you put your hands on this book also, <laughs> because I know that you love uh, yeah. um, Goldstein. Yes, it's beautiful. So if you, if you're interested in having this book, we have this free offer again and you need to send it. Nick, you will give us the number again, but the code number for the book is SA. South Australia, SA25, no gaps in between, SA25, tell them how they can get it. Very easy, Helen, uh, you just need to send us a text message on 0488880811 with the code which Helen just mentioned, SA25. And uh, our lovely and friendly boot will uh, ask you a couple of questions. And uh, you can have this book free of charge, no obligation. This is life changing. It changes our thoughts. Mm. Really, and does. you know, sometimes Helen, uh, um, we offering quite few books uh, <laughs> on our uh, program, and people may may think, oh, why why are we giving uh, away these books? Because we love you there, and we want you to um, to learn more. Now, all these books. Make sure that we are not uh, saying by all means that will replace the Bible because the Bible is the love letter of God to us all. The Bible we need to open every day and and read it with prayer and, you know, but these books are very good to, you know, open our minds, to get us uh, closer to some topics and um, to understand even more uh, the Bible. Mm. Mm. Very good. Mm -hmm. All right, Helen. Where we are uh, at the moment, we we were talking about uh, um, you know the the cliques in the church, mm-hmm. particularly, and um, we uh, learned that uh, sometimes cliques can form not even with a bad intention, you yes, know. Yes, and some people aren't even aware that yeah, formed a clique. But most of the times, when that if we are not um, wise enough, let's mm-hmm. put it this way, mm-hmm. that can uh, easily um, transform in a. Uh, Exclusive group. Yeah, and sadly, people can come into the church in the mm. front door and walk right out the back because mm. they just feel like a misfit. All right. But I, I'm up to point number four. Okay, let's look at that. Can we go through that one? Sure. Mm. Um, and it actually says, stop grumbling and complaining in its tracks. 
And I think that's a very good um, hint, especially in the light in the day that we live in. You know, most of us tend to think that cliques forming through bonds of relationships, but they can also form through bonds of resentment, Nick. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, you get a small group of people together who are upset about maybe the style of worship music that their church sings, and you have a clique. Or a group who shares the same distaste for the pastor's style of preaching, or the youth pastor's ministry style, or the way the budget is allocated. Or, you know, you get the point. Clicks can form around common interests, but they can also form around common complaints. And want to know what happened to the clique that complained and grumbled about Moses? Well, my friends, if we look in the Bible, we can see they were actually destroyed. Ouch. Mm. God doesn't mess around with cliques like this. And, you know, when we looked in 1 Corinthians, in fact, read for me 1 Corinthians 10.10, please. 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 10.10. We didn't read that before. Okay, let's uh, have a that. It has a warning. Mm. Just bear with me a second while I'm uh, looking at this. 1 Corinthians Mm. chapter uh, 10, verse 10. 10 It's actually a warning against against becoming a part of a clique who complains. All right. And I'm reading reading again from uh, New Living uh, Translation today. And it says this. And don't grumble as some of them did. And then were destroyed by the angel of death. Is that the verse you want me to read? Yes. Yes. That's pretty solemn, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So here we have a warning against being a part of a clique who complains. And I don't know, you may not have read that before or even taken it in, but when I read that, it really jumped out. Mm. I thought, there's a warning here. All right, let's look at point number five. Suggestion is that we expand our volunteer base because in most churches, and you've probably noticed this too, Nick, that 10% of the people do 90% of the work. (laughs) That's right. And not only is this profoundly unhealthy, not to mention it's unbiblical, but it also fosters division between those who do and those who don't. Mm -hmm. The division is fertile soil for cliques to grow, and every church can make sure that it has ample opportunity for people to contribute by using their gifts. And it must also give opportunities to serve are easily accessed by folk who aren't already doing something Mm, or they're mm. not in the know. I was thrilled at Prospect last week. Four young people took up the offerings. Great. I was I was so pleased to see it. They've got a little orchestra there. You know, when people can't break into a church's inner circle or don't know how, they feel marginalized. And marginalized people, Nick, never stay. Mm. But when a church expands its volunteer base, it expand, expands its capacity to be healthy and vibrant and click-free. A click-free place to worship Christ. Oh, that's that wonderful. Great? That's wonderful. And Helen, yeah. just even before we moving on further, I have a um, text message coming through here, and I really like to look at this because I believe it's so important. Uh, mm. And uh, I'm not sure if I will mention the name just for the sake of privacy mm. there, but uh, um, I may just say uh, thank you, Karen, for uh, you know sending that uh, text message to us. And it says this: Where I'm so lost is I go to church, I love it. But sharing my weakness to a member, I mean, they are so nice at the time. But after that, they are distant. Is this because of Peter saying, don't sit or eat with those in the church who have weakness? I know I need a Christian uh, woman friend, But once church is over, that's it for another week. It hurts. 
and confuses me as I am hanging on by my fingernails. That's a reality. I want to cry, Nick. I mm. really do. I know what it's like to be marginalized and I know how sensitive we can be. But may I just say, hang in there. Hang in there. Jesus loves you. You are his princess. You are his child. And hang in there. Reach out to the others. There might be other people that feel exactly like you do, mm. but they're, they're, they're holding back because they don't know how to. So please hang in there. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a sobering, uh, yes. you know, a text message. And the reason I, I want to uh, contemplate on that is because that's reality. Helen. It is reality. And many people may feel like that. Yes. And the majority or other who may be part yeah. of some cliques, they don't even notice that. No, and that's mm. a sad part because we shouldn't just be Christians on one day a week. Mm-hmm. We should be seven days Christians. Mm. And you know, uh, it doesn't matter what denomination. You're I'm right. saying, you're right. Be a Christian seven days of the week. Reach out to these people that are alone, these people that are, are and suffering, whether emotionally or mentally or physically. Let's reach out. Let's pray for them, number one, but mm-hmm. don't stop there. Mm. Let's see what we can do to help. Even if it's a friendly phone call or, hey, let's meet for a, a drink, you know, an hour or two a week or something like that. You know, time. Jesus has always got time for us. Mm. We need to make time. People yeah. are important. And Jesus was always uh, focusing on this, you know, how to... Um, to show that love uh, to others, not to just pretend, mm. you know, or to, yes. to boast that you know uh, God or you know Jesus, but how you can put that in action yes. uh, in every every minute of, of mm. your life. And I like to say to our dear uh, uh, listener that uh, we, we're feeling with you, and it's easy to say words, but uh, if you experience that, uh, I will encourage you to. Keep moving on, uh, as Helen said, just uh, stay strong in Jesus and be who you are mm-hmm. because God is loving you and uh, God will not leave you and not forsaken you, even though all of this world may collapse or all the people will, will do bad things, you know, or, or treat you badly. Jesus loves you. Oh, and that's amen. the most important no, thing which we like to say. I know, Helen, I came myself uh, from a background, you know, that when I come in the church, I did things or I act in a way or the other, which the church was not necessarily very welcoming, you know, uh, and not to tell you coming to this country here with uh, no English and struggling even today to speak English. Um, people can be very judgmental, you know, and not just that, but can maybe even feel sometime embarrassed with me. Um, and that's the reality. Many people there feel embarrassed if somebody comes and share their, their, their struggle or their story. And as, as our listeners just pointing out at first, seems like very interesting, you know, to, um, to hear it. Then we'll classify you. We'll put you in a category of, okay, you belong to that or to that one, you know, Mm. and it's sad. But look, uh, we'll learn a few more things as we go now. Yeah. Take us through to some other, um, other points. Just before we do, I remember a Peanuts cartoon years ago and it struck home to me and it had Peanuts coming up to Lucy um, and saying, Lucy, are you okay? And she said, I'm very, very cold. Mm. And, and he patted her and said, be warm, sister, be warm. And he walked off. And I thought, that's what we sometimes do. You know, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Give them a coat.
coat or something. Yes. You know, be warm. We need to do things. But let me just quickly go on. Another point is don't show favoritism. You know, it's natural that we gravitate toward people who, you know, like us. People we deem worthy of us, perhaps, but God warns his body not to show favoritism. Please read James 2 verse 1 for me, Nick, will you? All right. Uh, I love it, the Bible's counsel. It's, it's good. It's very good. And I like myself to look in um, in the Bible when, um, uh, when we talk about these things because, you know, Helen... Um, we may say all sorts of things, you know, we may give uh, advice to people in um, various ways, but the word of God is so uh, um, precise, so clear in certain uh, certain aspects. And that was James uh, chapter um, 2 verse 1. 2 verse 1. And he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people of others. How is that, hey? Mm. Yeah, and I think the King James says, my brothers and sisters, believers in it, believers in glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Mm-hmm. Spot on with what we're just saying. And when I read that, I thought, wow, it's not a suggestion, it's actually a command. You know, God's kingdom is for everyone. Christ's church is not simply a place for people that we deem acceptable. His church is a place where people can be accepted and church should be the ultimate click-free zone. I remember when I was in New South Wales, Curry Curry Church, we had a young gentleman came in, leather jacket, earrings in his ears, tats all over, and um, they loved him in. Mm. Nobody criticised his attire or his speech, and they loved that young man, and we watched him grow in Christ right into baptism because he was loved in. Okay, another thing, one lady reported that her husband was teaching at a large church and they made a mid-year move and they were eager to meet friends. She inquired about joining a woman's Bible study only to find out she would have to wait until January to begin. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was not a single group of ministries she could join mid-season. And she said she remembered thinking that the women's ministry leader didn't seem to consider how difficult her policy made it for a new person to integrate into life of the church, not to mention make friends. Mm. But then again, that lady had many friends and she was already settled comfortably into church life part of a click and didn't even realize it. So let's make sure ministries have an open door policy. Welcome people. Another one is don't, this is a classic. This is what happened to me. Let me testify. Don't use insider language. I came into the church and some of the time I had no idea what people were talking about and I felt so alone and so out of things. Now, for I I do go to many churches, as you know, as you do, Nick, and um, I go across the country speaking to churches of all types. I've noticed a common thread between groups who seem particularly click-free and those who aren't. They're word choices. For example, it's not the word choices you might think. Instance, when someone says to sign up for XYZC Sally. Yeah. <laughs> and they're implying that everybody knows Sally. And you're sitting there thinking, who is Sally? And of course, people in the church click no Sally, but what about everyone else? And what about the guest in the church is trying to reach or the person who attends church occasionally? Churches also unintentionally perpetuate clicks by what they, they name their ministries. Years ago, my mum was involved in a church group called BYKOTA. Okay. And which stood for, be ye kind one to another. 
Oh, that's beautiful. But uh, you wouldn't uh, understand you that. Wouldn't have it, you know, without <laughs> knowing you explain it, it. Yeah, the very name these women chose created an in-group and an out-group. And who else would probably know what BYKOTA stood for except the women who were in the group? In fact, I tend to do this a bit, and I don't mean to, but for example, if somebody is feeling inferior and pulling back, I'll say, you've got MIA. Uh, MIS and they look at me silly and they say what's MIS? I said Moses inadequacy syndrome <laughs> you know because we're frightened to come forward and we do this and we've got to be careful to explain what it means the other thing very quickly we need to invite people in you know it seems obvious to say that Nick but in reality too often the churches and the church members don't take the initiative to invite the people mm-hmm. in I know that one church I go to they don't even have greeters at the door And it really gets to me, you know, and the reason is that they don't do it is because inviting others in takes them out, out of their comfort zone, out of the familiar routine, out of our nice, safe, predictable life. That's where we need to forget self and remember God's leading. Church gets exciting when people start inviting. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, go make disciples. He didn't say stay in your safe little clique and hope others figure out how to follow him. And number 10, the first, the first, the last one, although we might like our small groups to stay the same, we need to mix it up a bit. It's good to reach beyond our own boundaries and live life with people we might not otherwise choose. Not only does that prevent clicks, Nick, it also opens the door for new growth possibilities for us sure. as followers. Mm. And you might be stunned to believe that they've got some gifts there that you had no idea. Some of those ideas I have made a mention on my notes. Donna Jones is a national speaker and she shared some of them as well as some of my own. But you know, there is a problem with clicks. Don't let it take over your church. Mm-hmm. It does tend to um, pull us back in our ministry efforts, including spiritual growth, discipleship, community, and outreach. And people can feel unloved, unnoticed, unimportant, and isolated. And we've just seen that with the message that came through. Mm-hmm. You know, we will lose members. We will lose people. The Bible is clear that God's intention for the church is multifaceted. Diverse body, no regard for discrimination. And while you say, said that there uh, We'll lose member. I mean, uh, again, using the uh, this sort of language, we are going to lose candidates for heavenly kingdom Amen. because you know sometimes we are so focused on um, membership, you know, on uh, on each whatever church is, uh, and we forget that we are called to make disciples Absolutely. of Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, not uh, to make some uh, candidates to a, a clique or the other, to a group or the other, to an influential no. group. And this is probably the biggest uh, problem we we have. Somebody wants... This program is made possible by the support of Adventist okay. World Radio. And I had to put that one, Helen, because time is going so quickly I now. Know, and I I'm just sorry. wanted to, um, uh, to play a bit of advert, you know, for uh, our supporters, because that's why yes. we are able to be on air uh, yes. with Bless all these supporters. You. And thank you for supporting us also, all the listeners yes. uh, coming on. Yes. But, um, Helen, we have uh, maybe five minutes, okay. uh, good Let's five minutes left. Let's wrap it up a little bit okay. with a few thoughts and maybe even, even summarize uh, okay. what we discussed so far. One thought I want is read again one Corinthians 1 verse 10 that's a good summary there 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 you've got your Bible okay, right there okay <laughs> yes 
I'm sorry, I should have given you some warning. More, more warning, yes, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter um, one verse, one verse ten. 10 again. We started with this. Yes, okay? we did. Mm-hmm. And it says, Apostle Paul, it says here, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be one of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. What a beautiful I think passage. that's a beautiful one to start to tie to pull it together. Romans twelve four to 6 talks about the fact we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We must not be jealous of other people's mm. gifts. You know, and uh, James 2 says my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. So in summary, as a leader, what can you do to break up cliques in the church? Well, we need to focus on three aspects particularly. I'm summarizing here Open the lines of communication to break up church cliques. How do you do that? Well, if you've got a group at lunch, they sit in a round table and you've got the rest over there, take away the round table. Mm. Make it a long table so everybody's sitting at the same table or get rid of the table altogether. It can be done. We've seen that happen. Um, If members don't know about opportunities to engage and participate, they are unlikely to join. So don't keep those opportunities a secret. Share it with everybody. And the church calendar needs to be shared. Make sure everyone feels included and has a place to belong. Don't let people fall through cracks, whatever you do. And and the other one is very important. We need to have visitor follow-up, you remember education, personalized discipleship, volunteer training. But what about putting together people who have little in common mm. for a change? Create new ones full of people who may otherwise not meet one another. And the last one, create a place to kn- to know and be known. In other words, a church leader once encouraged me to learn the names of every child in every family in the church. Why? Because you can't know their hearts if you don't know their names. And I feel that's very important. Even the cleaner in the workshop really appreciates if you know their name and you thank them for the job they're doing. Beautiful, beautiful, Helen. Would you mind just to close with a short prayer? Love uh, to. Love to, Nick. Loving Heavenly Father, you are God. You are in control of all things and you love us so much, Father, that it's hard to even comprehend that love you have for each one. Lord, I pray that hearts have been touched tonight, that we will learn in the church or out of the church, not to have favoritism, Lord, but to to be an example of you. And like that song said, we want to be just like our Jesus. And may that be our earnest prayer from our heart. May we focus on you, be led by the Holy Spirit, and may we just walk with you right into heaven when you come in the clouds of glory. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And thank you for joining uh, us today, Nick Rita and Helen Gray on Drive Time BQ&A. Please come back with us uh, tomorrow when we will discuss how do I deal with immorality in the church. Until then, may God richly bless you. And I'm leaving you with a beautiful song here and also um, thank to our supporters. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
Shall never 